welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. And this is uh, Sebastian Moreno. There, there he is. <laughs> I was going to introduce you, but he's on top of things. Sorry. No worries. Sorry. I'm, it's time to go back to full feature, or full feature, full moon features uh, territory, and I got a guy for that. And it's Sebastian. Yo. Oh, boy. And it's the first puppet master we took on. Yeah, we've done some full moons before. Not, uh, but Puppet Master is like what built Full Moon, you know? Yeah, it's, that's it's their the franchise, franchise that was them. like the hit, you know? And it was all yeah. always straight to video stuff, but that was, but we're, uh, we're talking, uh, latter day <laughs> Puppet Masters at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Puppet Master Axis of Evil from 2010, which is the direct sequel uh-huh. to Puppet Master 3, which I think is the but best one. Place up the first film. Because they showed, uh, they literally show footage from the first movie. Yeah. Well, they're good at recycling footage. There, there's two, a couple years ago I did an entire Puppet Master, like, I'm, I'm going to watch through the whole thing. Not knowing that there's two of them, possibly three at this point, that are just clip shows <laughs> of the other movies. There's one called, oh, one of them was a clip show. Yeah, there's one like, called Puppet Master The Legacy, that I thought, I thought was a movie, but it's just yeah. clips from all the other movies. And they just did one a couple years ago called Blitzkrieg Massacre that's just clips. It might have a little bit huh? of new footage, but really? it's mostly just clips from all the other Puppet Master movies. I know the sixth film had uh, a lot of reused footage, but yeah. Puppet Master of the Legacy is a whole new... Uh, it's a glorified clip show. It, it, is. it really is. And that's the worst one for me. Yeah, but Puppet Master Axis of Evil, direct sequel to Puppet Master 3, and the first of the, I guess... The Axis trilogy, because after this was Axis Rising and then Axis Termination, and then Blade, one of the puppets, got his own solo movie versus yep. the Nazis. So yep. they really, they really settled on we're going hard at the Nazis. Which hey, kill Nazis every chance you get. I mean, puppets. Yeah. I mean, whatever yeah, you got to use. <laughs> I'm fine yeah, with that. And this one is, it's okay. I mean. <laughs> It's. I'll say this: having uh, I watched the entire Axis trilogy, when I watched this, this is the best of those for sure. This is the best, really. Yeah, the two after this are really? considerably worse than this one, which is weird since the oh second one God. is actually is directed by Charles Band, the head of Full Moon, the guy who started everything, who did the first couple of Puppet Masters. I, I'm pretty sure, but yeah, there and that third one, especially Axis Termination, is. Real, oh real like this actually looks like a movie, yeah, a low budget movie, but like this actually looks like a movie. That one looks like straight up filmed on an iPhone, <laughs> like <laughs> terrible. Oh, There's a weird uh, little person psychic guy with a. <laughs> it's it's an odd, uh, not very good movie. Oh god! So this is the best of these. I two. have I have choice words about this one. I because uh, sure <laughs> here's the thing. I made the decision to watch the third film as a reference. And wow, is the third film incredibly better than this, despite the fact that both films are done by the same director. Yeah, directed by the same guy. That's, I mean, like yeah. 20, David, 20 years apart. Like David. It, I, I, I can't pronounce his last name, but it's David. I think it's, yeah, it's D E C O T E A U. So, Decato? Yeah. Decato? 
Artois. I don't know. I, I've got a bunch of information we'll about him. Tecato, but he's the same dude who made uh, Talking Cats, which I forgot until a friend reminded me earlier. Oh, you mean a talking cat? Question mark, exclamation point. Yes, he did direct that movie. Yeah. He also <laughs> directed... I find his his IMDb to be interesting because he did Puppet Master 3, he did Retro Puppet Master, and Curse of the Puppet Master. Those two are not so good, but Puppet Master 3 is the best one. He did another full moon movie called Witch House that I think people, some people have kind of seen and heard of. He did uh, Creepazoids yeah. and Sorority Babes in the Slam Ball Bolarama. Interesting title. Kind of after that, or in between, he did 15 of a... There's a series, judging from the the cover art, I can only guess is gay softcore porn, but he did a series of those yeah, called that's the, what the 1313 series, where it's like a bunch of like shirtless frat boys <laughs> being nice and gay in like a haunted house and with a, like, it's weird, these weird supernatural, I don't know what's, but, and, and he, <laughs> but then he okay. kind of switched gears because all he kind of all he's done for the last several years are i think it's lifetime has this series of movies called the wrong something like the wrong blank like the wrong teacher the wrong cheerleader the wrong husband the wrong doctor the wrong you know he has directed 24 of those for lifetime i'm guessing i'm guessing lifetime pays better than moon that's sort of the only explanation i can think of why so I don't know if I don't know I don't know if that's all of them and he's done the entire series or if there are other ones on top of that. But twenty four seems like it seems like they do a couple every year or must be several every year. He has a very odd resume and maybe that's putting it too uh, simple. And he also likes he he would direct things under pseudonyms sometimes yeah under a woman's name, which is interesting. Yeah, that's very, very curious. You know. I guess the, and if that's him saying something about himself, that's fine and that's cool. But it would be yeah, slightly worrisome yeah. to me, I guess, if, you know, if they were like, <laughs> somebody did like an article like, oh, here's a list of female directors you've never heard of, <laughs> you know, check out and it turned out it's not, it's just this guy. And this is written by a guy named Dominic Muir, who actually died like two months after this came out. But he oh. wrote this he wrote Critters, the original Critters. I knew that name was familiar. Interesting. I knew that name. I love Critters. What I don't love is he also wrote the entirety of the Evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man series, which, no thanks, you, oh, can, keep, you can keep it. That was his. You can that was keep, seriously his. You can keep the whole thing. I don't need it. No. Very dumb, dumb oh, movies. Damn. Damn. Going from Critters to that. that. But... Pays the rent, I guess. Whatever. Uh, the only other sort of name or person of interest in this production is uh, kind of our hero, the main guy who plays uh, Danny, uh, is played by the guy who plays Mayor Ben on Resident Alien. Really? Yeah. Which, if, if nobody, if, for people who haven't seen that, great, great, great show. But huh. yeah, he looks pretty much the same, even though it's, <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's what, 11 years later. But Wow. So he kind of went from this to. A very well like show on the Sci-Fi Channel. That's that, that that's something. Yeah, I mean, he did some stuff in between. He was on some other stuff, but that's certainly where I recognized him from. He kind of looks like I can't believe it's not Chris Evans to me in this. <laughs> yeah, like a brunette or like yeah, dark hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good-looking fella. I get it. 
yeah. Though um, the most awkward thing about this I find is the, uh, I know it's set in 1939, but uh, wow, there's a lot of anti-Asian racism in this. Yeah, and everybody, which I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure is, you know, meant to be a sign of the times and not so much, I'm sure it's not how the filmmakers themselves feel or anything. Yeah. Everybody gets in on it because our American characters are, are doing it. And the German Nazis are doing yeah. it too. Like the Nazis, because it's a real uneasy alliance they have with the Japanese characters in here. Yeah. So they're always, you know, <laughs> tell your savages to get away. Like, Jesus. Not helped by the Chinatown remark the brother made. Uh, Danny's brother. Yeah, that too. Uh, they call the, uh, what's her name? Ozu, sort of the the lady leader of the Japanese spies. They, they keep calling her Dragon Lady, which... I don't know if that's directly racist the way that like Fu Manchu is, but it feels like it. <laughs> like, it feels like the yeah, female version I of Fu Manchu. Yeah, I literally wrote down Dragon Lady stereotype question mark in my notes because it kind of, although to be fair, she does have some good lines despite her, um, despite her acting, which I can only assume that her actress does not have English as her first language. Like it kind of feels like she was just learning the line you know like maybe a bit from phonetically but not doing a good job at hiding it or yeah, or she's playing a character who is doing that you know but yeah either way i mean none, none of the acting in this movie is is, <laughs> is terribly impressive she is at all times said, dressed like a kabuki theater geisha like she always has the yeah. makeup on and the like isn't never casual friday at japanese spy dojo or whatever wherever this opera theater we're hanging out in is it kind of feels like uh wait how do we tell people she's japanese put her in a geisha outfits that'll work yeah that and have her speak really stilted yeah kind of halting english which again might not be the actress she even has what they were going for but she even has two henchmen who are dressed in kimonos like you know and the yeah, and the white headbands like they look like kamikaze violence. <laughs> like, so the movie starts with so we, yeah we meet Danny, he's uh wants desperately to join the war effort and go overseas like his brother is and kill him some krauts, <laughs> as he says kill some Nazis. But he's got a he's got a bum leg, he was born with yeah. nothing to do about it. So he's I'll give it four this. F. This for having a, you know, disabled hero of some kind. Even despite the... Uh... Yeah, but it's not... I mean, I, I don't feel that the movie is saying anything in particular about people with some sort of disability. I think it's just a plot device that, you know, for him to yeah. need to feel useful because he can't go to yeah. war, so he has to... Yeah. So he's he's no uh, he's no Steve Rogers, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that did pop into my head as well. I can't believe it's not Steve Rogers. He's a furniture maker or like an apprentice for you who's working with an older guy making furniture. You can hear a going away party upstairs for soldiers and he's very jealous and wishes he could be part of it. Yeah. And the furniture maker is trying to tell him like, look, you have a gift with this. Like, look at look at this chair you made. It's really, really good. You know, like maybe you have a better destiny than going and dying in the mud somewhere, you know. But and at this point, Danny recounts to his mentor and to us in case we didn't just watch it. The entire story of Puppet Master 3, which was, you know, that movie was kind of the, the origin yeah. of Mr. Toulon, who his wife was killed by the Nazis, and so he 
has these killer puppets that he got revenge on them for. Blade. I always forget that Blade is designed to look like yeah. the villain of that movie. <laughs> like facially. So we get a little recap yeah. there through his of course, sort of uh, explanation. It's interesting he retold that story because this is set in 1939 and the third film was in 1941. So like this is the thing with the Puppet Master franchise. Their continuity is all over the place. You cannot pinpoint a specific timeline with these films. You never can. You know, so it's it just goes it's just just all over the map. Yeah, and I think there's one of the is it Curse of the Puppet Master? One of them is I think the one that introduces the idea that you can transplant someone a real person's sort of essence into the puppets, but this if I remember correctly, that movie like came up with that idea. But this one makes it sound like oh, Toulon was doing that all along. <laughs> like, don't, not really, if I remember right, but I could be wrong. I haven't watched it in a long time. And we see Toulon for a hot second, but he's yeah. in his like hotel room or whatever, or his place. Not, Nazis are coming. They're coming to get his puppets. Because, I mean, you know, the Nazis were always looking yeah. for supernatural edge over things. And they caught wind of this guy yeah. with his living puppets, so we better go check it out. He hides the puppets yeah. behind this like panel in the wall. And then shoots himself before the Nazis can ask him any questions. So that's the somewhat undignified end of uh, Master Toulon, <laughs> our, you know, sort of... Which, to be fair, this is footage from the first film. And he was played by William Hickey, too. Yeah, I knew, I noticed it was him. This is So this is a scene from Puppet Master 3 or from 1? Oh, see, I haven't watched it a long no, time. No, it's from 1. Hickey... Hickey was the first Andre Toulon before he got recast with Guy Rolf for the third film. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed two things about the use of the uh, footage of the first film. One, there are new sound effects added to the original film's footage. In fa- and they ed- most likely edit out dialogue because at one point when you s- his lips are moving, but nothing's coming out. And the f- at one point... The, the stuff in the film and the new footage for this movie very differently when cut back to back. The, the old footage looks very brightly lit, but the new footage is darker lit. The two don't match. Wow, see, and I didn't even notice that because so it's they, been so long since I watched the first one. It seemed kind of seamless to me to where I thought that they just filmed this. They had him come in and just film this little cameo for just to die right away, but uh, good catch. I, I see, that's why you're my full moon guy. Well. <laughs> I remember the first film quite well. Well, does that you know? also have the moment, because it's my favorite moment of this movie, <laughs> where Bl- the little puppet Blade, who looks like a, for people who haven't seen it, Blade, he's got he's got like a white sort yeah. of skeletal kind of face and a black trench coat and hat. He's got a knife for one hand and a hook for the other hand. There's a scene in here yeah. where he runs down the hallway and he's like frantically banging on the door with his hook. Like, someone's coming. Oh, oh God, let that. me in, let me in. Is that from the first movie, too? Because that made me laugh. It looks so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You know, they even had the uh, this the moment of the lady screaming upon seeing Blade. Okay. Of course, uh, I also did notice the body double for the dead body of Andre Toulon, which well, yeah, I'm amazed that. that they kind of went the effort to the hotel room, but not exactly the lighting. Yeah, that's why I didn't even know. I mean, yeah, the lighting, I guess, but I didn't even notice because the set is like the same. Looks good. So they used this moment from the first movie as a launching point here and add in. So it's almost like a, a, a retcon of sorts because 
you know, we've seen this scene before in the first movie, it was Toulon's death, but now the Nazis leave and bump into Danny on their way out, who's like, he just, he just knows this old man, he's kind of friends with him, he's seen his puppets, he's heard the tale of what happened, you know, which means Toulon must be running around really shooting his mouth off about what should be pretty secret. If this kid knows about it, his whole story with these puppets and things, I don't know, no wonder he got caught. But Danny comes in, finds Mr. Toulon dead, got a real good look at the one Nazi who kind of knocked him over on his way out the door, and then uh, retrieves the puppets from the panel in the wall and takes them home. He's the new puppet master, I guess, for this trilogy, kind of, until... Um... Further continuity snarl. Well, spoiler alert for the next two sequels. I'll just, I was going to wait till the end, but I'll just say it now. So the next movie after this is Axis Rising, in which they recast Danny and Beth. So they are both in it. And then the third really? movie, Axis Termination, Danny and Beth are recast again and murdered in the first like minute and a half of the movie. <laughs> so Really? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> these characters are kind of pointless now. They do turn out to be a little pointless. So Danny, Although I do notice uh, their attempt to right away stick shooter because I saw that uh, his arms were found and uh, apparently Andre Toulon never fixed him somehow. Yeah, and that bums me out because six shooter is in the next movie, and six shooter was always my favorite of the puppets. Did he come up? Did he come back without explanation how he got fixed? Or I think the assumption or... is just that. In the downtime between the two movies, Danny fixed him. I guess that's reasonable, maybe. Yeah, when they showed him broken in here, I was like, no, I love Six Shooter. Six Shooter is like a cowboy who he always he's always like, <laughs> that's what he says. And he's got six arms, each with a gun. It's pretty cool. As cool as these guys get. He killed the Nazi leader of the, of the third film, so, you know. Yeah, he was like the hero of the last movie. Or the third movie, I guess. So Danny yeah. takes these puppets home. He's sad that his sort of friend, Toulon, is dead. And he's obsessed with figuring out, how did he make these work? How did they move by on their own, you know? Yeah. And we meet his annoying brother, Don. <laughs> Donnie and Danny. Who's just, he's just yeah. one of those, nothing's ever <laughs> serious guys. He's constantly joking and cracking. Like, it's just exhausting, this guy. <laughs> and the deuce bag went drunk. Yeah, he's so. had he's had a night out on the town. Well, because he is shipping out soon. He doesn't have a bum leg like his brother does, and Danny is very jealous of Don. Yeah. But yeah, Danny's like, you know, get your girl. What's her name? Beth, you know? The cute dame you got. We'll double date. We'll go down and catch a... There's a John Wayne double feature. I'll find a girl, and we'll go. And he's like, no, nah, I'd mm. rather stay in and play with my puppets. <laughs> Don's like, all right, I guess. Yeah. But he's constantly, like, sneaking into the room and, like, trying to jump scare him, and, like, he's just an annoying annoying person yeah cut to yeah in chinatown there's this opera house and that's sort of the secret meeting place for the nazi spies who were in town do we ever even learn where this is supposed to be like i know this is set in 1939 but i were said were were to assume that the same men who tried to assassinate toulon are apparently important in this movie now but i mean as far as location is this supposed to be new york san francisco no, no, they don't really say, do they? Like, I know they said Los Angeles at one point as to where oh, Danny is right. located. So you're right. There are there are a few Chinatowns. That there's even a Chinatown in uh, Toronto. It turns out, according to Turning Red, which I recommend, by the way. Yeah, I haven't got to that yet. Here pretty soon. 
behind <laughs> on lots of stuff. I haven't even seen Luca yet, so I'm a little behind on the pick size. But, but yeah, there's this, this uneasy alliance between the Japanese saboteurs who are here and the, the Nazi spies. Uh, but they're going to kind of team up to pull off their their plan slowly over the course. And this movie's not very long, but over the course of the movie, you figure out is they they want to blow up this munitions plant, which Max, the sort of sort of the head Nazi here, uh, who also who goes by yeah. Ben for his American friends, um, has a job there. So does mm. Danny's girlfriend Beth. She's like the receptionist or something at this munitions plant she like sits right next to like a room full of giant bombs so i don't know it's a little odd yeah (laughs) set wise but yeah their plan is to plant bombs in there yeah and blow up this munitions plant you know before we go any further for a film called axis of evil i'm guessing they missed the italians for the um, axis parts yeah you know what i think a lot of people forget that i think I think in a lot of people's minds, it's just it's yeah. Germany first, and then oh yeah, also Japan was there because Pearl Harbor, and they forget <laughs> they forget the Italy of yeah. it all. But but I'm guessing whatever budget this had couldn't afford uh, two more nationalities for that uh, access parts. Yeah, and you already have. I mean, no one playing a German is even attempting a German accent, so <laughs> that's it's probably good that we didn't have somebody trying to do a bad Italian accent either. So. I guess it kind of makes sense for Max slash Ben to not be doing a German accent because he's trying to blend in as an American, you know, spy. But yeah, but no one's looking. He should be. (laughs) I guess he's really in character. So Danny in this big case of stuff where all the puppets are. There's also we get a brief glimpse of maybe this was this must have been from the first movie too. This the weird the kind of the Asian puppet that we never even get a name for or anything. Yeah, looks like like a kind of like a Fu Manchu mustache guy who never does anything else. Yeah, in the he movie. was on the, uh, yeah, he was in the first movie and never showed up again. Yeah, because we see him in the flashback. In the yeah, we see him in that first flashback to the first movie, but we never, he's never seen again in the movie. So I was wondering what his deal was, but I guess he doesn't matter. We'll get a, we'll get a, a different Asian puppet soon, so it's fine. Uh, well, I will say this, as bad as the next two of the, the Axis movies are, the next two do have Nazi-controlled evil puppets. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. And we also get the return mm. of, in the older, in some of the older movies, there's like a, there, there's like a Nazi puppet. He's got like the, the helmet with the spike on it, and he's got like a robot face and a flamethrower arm. Oh, that's Torch. Torch. from the second movie. From the second movie is in the next two, I believe, because I think his origins, he starts out as a bad Nazi puppet. <laughs> but there's also mm. a lady, there's a, there's a girl who's like, or a female puppet who, like, her shirt opens up and where her boobs should be, like a fembot. She's got guns that shoot people. <laughs> so I've seen that photo. And there's one called these movies got weird, like Were Beast or something. It's like a werewolf. It's like a werewolf in a Nazi uniform that bites people. <laughs> so <laughs> and we get a we get a, a rather silly like cat fight between Leech Lady and this germ the bad girl puppet. So. Okay, yeah, these two, these next two movies sound fucking weird. Yeah, they're not great. I mean, yeah, that's they're, they're worth so. watching, but I guess once, but yeah, they're not great. <laughs> they are, they are weird. That's true. But so Danny finds in this trunk, he finds this elixir, this gl- this glowing green vial of something, which is of course what Toulon used to bring the puppets to life. And he starts trying to figure. It didn't know. look like there was enough left, though. Really, 
No, yeah. yeah. When you run out, where are you going to get more of this stuff? Because <laughs> the guy who made it is dead. So I guess they'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Somebody figures it out because yeah. So he finds that he's trying to figure out what the deal is with that stuff. He's also trying to tell. Well, he uses it to bring Jester to life. Jester's one of the puppets who's got like he looks like a Jester, but he has like a three three segment head that like spins around. He doesn't ever really do much like murder wise. Yeah. <laughs> he's like many faces from He Man, yeah. Although I do recall seeing a clip of him in the fifth movie using a meat tenderizer to hit the, to hit a dude in the crotch. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah, yeah. By the time you get to the fifth one, it's gone a bit off the rails. Danny's trying to yeah. tell his lady Beth about these, and she's like, doesn't really believe him. <laughs> and he's also trying to explain to her because he comes to visit her yeah. at on her lunch break at the munitions plant, and she's got a real her boss is a real piece of work what an asshole this guy is because he's like you know i pay yeah, her to like, work here and wow you get a job you should be at you should be at war quit crying about your bum leg and go fight and like, okay asshole got it but then why isn't he in the war then if he believes that so much yeah well he says he fought in world war one so i guess he did his time but why not sure this seems, war then. seems healthy enough he sounds like he's but danny sees bath talking to this guy, Ben, who we know is actually Max, the Nazi spy, and recognizes him as the guy who knocked him over, leaving Toulon's room, and is trying to tell Beth, like, no, that, he, he that guy's that. a Nazi. <laughs> you know, Jester pointed that out, but how does he know when he was in the trunk with the other puppets? Yeah, I don't even know if it was so much Jester, like, because Jester can't talk, he's just, like, staring across the room, and <laughs> Danny's like, what is a puppet? What's yeah. wrong? So I don't, I think it was more just that he was getting weird vibes or something and like drew his attention to it. I don't know. It's not like he points at him and like says Nazi psychic, or something. but Like psychic vibes. Yeah. You know, this. The, the, there are moments where this movie feels like there are scenes missing. Like Danny For tells sure. uh, Beth about that she he knows that Andre Toulon died. He told her. Yet I don't recall him doing that earlier. Just that lunch break with her earlier and the, the asshole boss. And it felt like... Am I missing pages? Like, were there scenes cut? Presumably some time passed between, because that opening scene where Toulon dies and he finds the puppets, and then we have sort of the opening credits, and then we pick back up with him and Donnie and Don hanging out in his room. So presumably some time has passed, because Don knows that, like, oh, you're you're still just hanging out in your room with these puppets, so he's probably told people about it, but no, we don't see that specifically. But he's trying to convince Beth that, like, no, that guy's a Nazi for real. And she's like, who, Ben? No, he just, also, you don't have to worry. He's not trying to, like, steal your girlfriend. We're just like, he doesn't have anybody to talk to. We talk on lunch break. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And you don't get hmm. the sense that she's lying. Like, no, and nothing's going on. But So he's, yeah. I don't know if he's more paranoid that he's going to, that this guy's going to steal his woman or that he's a Nazi spy. <laughs> but. Probably both. Probably both. Probably both. I got the vibe. It was both. So. Danny decides he's going to take the puppets with him and he's going to follow. Because at this point, I guess he's figured out how to bring them all back because they're all kind of up and running. He follows Max to the opera house in Chinatown and is like looking through the window and spying on them, talking about like, oh, here's our cartoonish bomb (laughs) that we're going to use at the munitions plant. I mean, it's literally, it it might as well be like the big black bomb with the, like a Looney Tunes bomb, but it's like, it's like five sticks of dynamite with a clock attached to it. Like it's it's pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's full on Saturday morning cartoon stuff. But so he he's spying on them. He almost gets caught. 
because he like slips and they hear him outside and the puppets you know, go in you know one of the nazi guys one of the nazi guys peeks out the window he doesn't bother to look down and ben, and danny just you know he just ducks out the window and nobody bothers to look down like yeah he's just, just kneeling on the crates <laughs> but they also don't exactly. notice these they also don't notice these puppets sneaking in and sneaking up because and this is an effect that I've always liked and they use it again here where Pinhead has real human hands Pinhead for people who don't know he's like a big bulky beefcake character puppet but he's got a tiny little pinhead like Zippy the pinhead but then he has like yes. big hands with like yeah. fingerless gloves and he's wearing like a red like a red like cardigan but they use real like a person's hands like human hands almost like a puppet yeah. like as his hands yeah when he's standing still it's like yeah. it's fake like puppet hands but when he's doing stuff yeah. it's real human hands with these puppet attached to it so it always i always thought that yeah. looked pretty cool and it's a yeah. it's, it's an interesting a, way to it's like a cheap and effective way to kind of bring this puppet to some kind of life you know definitely but he sneaks up he snatches the blueprints for the munitions lab off the table and At him part of it and blade serves a distraction by stabbing a nazi in the leg but then they're mm. both these puppets are running down the aisle <laughs> trying to get to the front door where danny's waiting for them and yeah what's her name or ozu's like oh get those puppets get them you know and sends her <laughs> so some nazis and japanese guys start chasing these puppets and they somehow escape out the front door i these puppets have a stride. Their pu these puppets' stride is like four inches. <laughs> like, I don't care how fast these puppets are running. Their legs are tiny. They're not going to get away from full-grown adult <laughs> human beings, but they do. I don't know. Maybe they count on the Nazis being morons. Yeah, I guess, because they somehow managed to run the length of this building and out the front door to Danny, and Danny gets away while carrying them with a limp, by the yeah. way, and gets down the street before any of these guys even get to the front door. So, okay. Rather fast for a guy who... For a guy with polio. Yeah, for a guy with a polio limp and puppets with tiny legs, they're pretty, pretty fast. You know, Ozu seemed very confused when she got told that they're puppets, judging by the look on her face. Well, I mean, wouldn't you be? Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, a, it's true, a little true. outside of your day-to-day <laughs> -day yeah. understanding of things. True. I don't know, it's just a little funny moment I at least laughed. Yeah, it's definitely like, a, what do you mean? What do you mean, puppets? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. So Beth gets to meet the meet the puppets because Danny comes back, sort of introduces Beth to the puppets. She's not nearly as blown away as she should be <laughs> by these living puppets. She kind of takes it real in stride, and it's more of a like, I wrote oh, I'm, down sorry, in my I notes. I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. I wrote down in my notes, Beth. This seems pretty accepting of seeing living puppets. Yeah, she's just like, Although wow, I will that's say cool. That we'll say that was a decent effect of showing them getting up it's not stop motion but uh, i'll take a good effect when i can yeah the old ones used to use a lot of stop motion and these these new ones don't at like at all there's no stop motion whatsoever so they figure out workarounds for it yeah but yeah. so he and beth take off and while they're gone nazis show up at the door and kill shoot don and don and danny's kind of hot mom like she seems real i don't know what the age difference between her and these actors who are playing her sons are but she doesn't seem old enough to have these two grown adult sons because she's she seems like an attractive young yeah. woman <laughs> but yeah she gets gunned down yeah. or no danny must have went somewhere else and left beth there because beth gets kidnapped 
Yeah. Don and Mom get shot and killed by the Nazis when they kidnap Beth. Danny comes home to find them. They... Well, didn't they shoot her? Shouldn't they shoot her too? Or they? I guess. Or they just want... classic case of just leverage. Yeah, leverage. We got your girl. Give us the puppets. We want your puppets. So he injects Don's, his dying brother, or now dead brother, uh, injects his essence yeah. into a new puppet called Ninja, who's just a ninja. <laughs> it's a black clad, and he throws nice. shurikens that he seems to get from who knows where. I can assume this dude uh, died in later films, since he's not in the other ones, obviously. No, the second movie, start, he dies at the end of this one, and they wind up having to leave him behind. He gives oh. his last, we'll get there, but yeah, because the beginning of this, the next movie starts with them saying, yeah, but we lost Ninja. How do we go, how do we keep going? Oh. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. You know, yeah, the, puppet, that the puppet we had for the last 20 minutes of this movie, we're real torn up about it. Yeah. We're we're kind of already at the climax of the movie. Like I said, it's a short movie, but not a lot of plot. But Danny it's takes fast. Danny takes the puppets that are going to go rescue Beth. They're kind of sneaking again. They're sneaking around. Real a guy with a limp and these puppets are sneaking around. <laughs> they're supposed to be trained soldiers and not getting caught. But they're sort of up in the rafters. And there's one Japanese guy who's eating. He's on his lunch break, I guess, from spying. He's eating some sushi. Yeah. And Leech Woman, <clears throat> who is a disgusting puppet, but she's been in. Pretty much every one of these movies. Uh, one, two, three, six, seven. Definitely in this one. These axis ones, but this is a doll. She looks kind of like she's just like a pale lady with long black hair. She almost looks like the girl from the ring. But her deal is she somehow produces and vomits up leeches. Like her mouth, her little rubber mouth, like distends, and these leeches come out, which. Takes that a lot has to be of part of the magic sense. Of... Yeah, but it, her, that attack takes a lot of planning because she either has to do what she does here, which is just drop it into this guy's food when he's not looking, <laughs> so that he'll eat it, and then the leech like which, attacks his throat from the inside. Which uh, I got to say that that is a rather creative death scene. I gotta give it points for that. Yeah, hers are always which gross and interesting, <laughs> but you do get a lot of shots throughout yeah. this series of this little puppet's mouth distending as a leech works its way out from her stomach but in other movies they'll have to like pinhead will have to knock someone down and then like hold their head in place so that she can vomit a leech into their mouth from on high yeah it takes a lot of setup this this puppet's murder hmm. but so leech lady gets a kill in tunneler and pinhead get a combo kill in because tunneler tunneler is a guy who has a drill on his head or a puppet it's yeah a puppet with the drill head he likes to drill into people's guts and their faces Legion Gore effect, basically. Yeah, and this is something I feel like they've done in a number of movies where, because, again, he's a seven-inch tall puppet. He can't do any more than attack your feet. So Pinhead, the yeah. big strong guy, will come and knock you down. <laughs> He'll like, grab your legs and knock you over, and then tunnel, Tunneler will run over while you're laying on the ground and drill into the top of your head. Or in the case of one of the victims in the first movie, just surprise them under the bed. And it's interesting that the because the first yeah the first couple the first two puppet masters the puppets are like the villain the puppets are like the monsters you know and the starting with the third yeah. one they're like the heroes because then yeah. in four they're fighting like these Zutek. weird alien creatures and like all kinds of strange totems tech you know just yeah those were something else but they become the puppets uh, the become I... the heroes of this franchise very quickly which is I never bothered with four and five to be honest I kind of like. Kind of like it better when uh, 
puppets were the villains, though um, I am quite fond of the idea of puppets versus Nazis, if only because, like, I like the idea of a much, you know, supernatural evil targets the worst people in the world, like in The Keep, for example. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, so, you might, you might, uh, you might get a, you might get a kick out of the rest of this trilogy then, because that's, it's all Nazis all the time, so they definitely found their, I guess, what they consider their sweet spot. Yeah. I don't know if it is or not, but... Though, uh, third film does it better than this one, to be honest. 100%. You know? Yeah, because the third one has the cool... That's where they string the guy up like a puppet. They they put the hooks in his hands and yeah. lift him up on strings. Yeah, they put the main Nazi bad guy. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. That was great. Yeah, we don't do anything that cool in here. So, Blade, the little puppet grabs this bomb that's as big as he is and is going to run away with it and then there's a bit of a showdown between you have well also ozu has has been on the phone back to i guess back to japan who's like hey i'm going to get rid of these nazis and i'm going to bring these puppets home for japan don't worry about it and of course the nazis have a similar plan of their own so it's ozu and kind of all the henchmen are are dead now we do have ozu and max the nazi have Beth and Danny at gunpoint and they're like, hey, we're gonna you know, we're not letting you blow up this place we got the bomb, we got the puppets, we're taking off Blade is standing there I don't know, I guess there's one henchman left because Blade the puppet is standing there holding this bomb and this is where, again you have the dispens- the suspension of disbelief you have to have to worry about these puppets yeah. as a threat at all, because again he's seven inches tall, this guy just walks up behind this puppet and just takes the bomb away from him like with no yeah. ceremony, no tussle, just yoink, because he's seven inches tall. What's he gonna do? So he didn't even put up a fight. That was pretty funny. This guy just walks up and just yoinks this bomber out of his hand. So there went that plan. So now the bad guys have the bomb again, but what they don't know is that Ninja, with the spirit of Dawn in him, is crawling around the rafter and jumps down. He's been he took out some guys with shurikens that he's been throwing. But he yeah. picks up a, a whole ass, like, samurai sword. Which Ozu was holding, but <laughs> yeah. He gets Ozu's sword that she dropped, which is much larger than he is and weighs... So this puppet is strong, because yeah. <laughs> the physics of him being able to lift up this sword that easily is three times his weight, probably. I could buy it if it was Pinhead holding the sword, but wasn't. And Ninja stab- Max is feeling pretty triumphant, and then he's like, oh! Like, and you look, and then it cuts to, we get a wide shot where we see that Ninja has stabbed, theoretically stabbed Max, like, in the spine with his sword, but it looks for all the world like he has stabbed him in the ass, <laughs> which made me laugh a lot. Yeah, I cut, the staging's not that good in this. And honestly, uh, why not have the sword go through the, the Nazi dude? Just, you know, like, here's to the sword, go hard with that one. You know, make it a gore effect. Yeah, show it come out the front or, or something, but it just looks like he is placed it into his butt cheek <laughs> the top of his butt cheek for when we get the wide shot of it but it's enough to kill him regardless so max is dead ozu flees with a couple of the puppets she takes which one's with her the leech woman and jester and tunneler i assume jester because we don't see him i know for a fact she takes tunneler because the beginning of the next movie is her is ozu trying to pass these puppets off to i think she's going to meet she thinks she's going to meet the japanese to pass them off and nazis come and take these puppets away from her and tunneler is one of them because he gets to drill a guy in the head when he looks in the bag like what's in the bag and tunneler comes out and so 
We don't really even see Ozu flee with the puppets. We just see her kind of run off, exit stage left, and then they're like, oh, she took the puppets. Okay. But it's a real kind of Empire Strikes Back ending where, like, they're just like, oh, no, but, like, we we stopped Max and the munitions plant is safe, but Ozu escaped and took half of our puppets. Roll credits. (laughs) Like, it's a real, like, I'm sure we're... I assume they knew... Well, I don't know if they knew at that time if they were going to make a trilogy out of this or not because they did have to recast all the actors, so they weren't signed yeah. to do more. It's a couple years between, I mean, that, so I, I don't know. One of them has a big X on the front because it's Puppet Master 10. Yeah. Because I, I think this yeah. is 9 because they don't count Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys yeah. as part of the main... So I believe this is the ninth one if you don't count that. But the next one, yeah, Axis Rising, which was two only two years later, that one's ten, Puppet Master X or Puppet Master 10, Axis Rising. And then five years oh. passed between oh, okay. Axis Rising and Axis Termination. So maybe they were planning this one if it's only two years between, but they still so had to recast everybody, so who knows. But yeah, that's it. That's Puppet Master Axis of Evil. Not the worst Puppet Master movie. No. Not uh, even close, but yeah. also yeah, not the best. No, the worst one goes... <laughs> The worst one goes to Legacy, I find, still. I don't even, I don't even count that one because it's not even like it's not even a movie. It's just clips from the other movies. I think Cur- it's a glorified clip show. Curse of is bad. Four and five. Curse, are... I'll, curse I'll say if the Legacy doesn't count, then yeah, then Curse is the worst. Yeah, Curse is Curse is a bad one. Four and five aren't great, but first three are first three are great though. In fact, as a matter of fact, watch the third film. That has more Nazis getting 86 by the puppets. This one only had like, this one only had like two Nazis die. And that's it, you know. Yeah, and it had like Third better, film. like better production value. Better three is and the better version of it. Two. But this one's but better agree, than the next agree. two. That's for sure. I can tell you that. So at some uh, point, I'll watch that Blade solo movie. But I'm, I don't imagine that's great either. Probably <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I'm sure because they were, I mean, they were a direct-to-home video market and then home video went away. So that... They're on the streaming business full-time. Yeah, that kind of, that so, revenue stream dried up. So I'm sure they're yeah. making stuff way cheaper than they even used to. So Very. But yeah, I'd say overall the Puppet Master franchise is, is fun a lot of the time. It's interesting sometimes. Yeah. Uh, worth a watch. Yeah. Just, you know, temper yeah. your expectations that couple of them are good yeah. most of them are not <laughs> they're all pretty cheap but they're also kind of iconic like blade is like kind of an iconic looking he's the puppet. you know a lot of them are he's the puppet yeah the puppets are kind of cool sometimes especially when they're killing nazis yeah. so you can do word there's there's worse franchises for sure or at least yeah. less ones with less of a uh consistent well i'm not, not that this one's consistent either but like the one that comes to yeah. mind is pinhead which because i love pinhead as a character, I love yeah. that aesthetic. I love the Cenobites. I think the idea is cool. I love the Lament configuration. But that franchise is yeah. a fucking hot mess. The first couple are yeah. good. And then everyone after that, when they were just pumping out, oh, we have this, we don't want the rights to lapse. So we have this script for this weird detective thing, throw Pinhead in it. Like most of the, most of the Hellraiser movies are terrible. So yeah, is Puppet Master better than Pinhead? I don't know. <laughs> they both have a Pinhead in it. Anyway. But you know what? At least, at least uh, Hellraiser has a remake to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm interested to see. I'd like to see them actually nail because again, I like the concepts and stuff of Hellraiser. I just don't. None of the movies are really I love. So I would like, you know, I'd like to see if they could nail one. But entirely fair. 
It is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next week's movie, chosen completely at random from everything streaming, will be. We all morality turn, turn, turn. Show us the lesson we should learn. Yes. Press the magic button now. Next week's movie is Danny Boy from 1945. Like the song? Uh, a very different movie from Buffer Master. Uh, it appears to be about a army dog. Army? Like a dog? Let me guess. It, it, it's, according to the description, it sounds like it's a dog who helped in World War II and comes home and it has like PTSD. <laughs> And it's Uh, from 1945, so that, I'm sure, won't have any problematic elements in it at all. (laughs) We'll see. Oh, it's only an hour and four minutes. Very short. Well, movies were pretty short back then. But we're dipping back into the 40s. It's been a while. Nice to get a variety of stuff. That is on, let's see here, Amazon Prime for people to... Hmm. So that's your homework, everyone, should you choose to accept it. Danny Boy from 1945 on Amazon Prime. We'll see how that goes next week. Uh, where can people find you, sir? I'm on. I'm on Twitter. I'm mvbrats91, but uh, I can also be looked at as SJW James Bond. Mm-hmm. I also host uh, Agents of SJW, an MCU-related uh, podcast I co-host with uh, Ryan. Um, why didn't I know that? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Why did I not know that? That bothers me. I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be, so maybe I missed that. I did not know that. I will have to check that out. I guess I forgot to tell you, and I thought you knew already since you know I, I always know. advertise it. I'm glad to know now. I will go check that out. I'm always up for more. Sorry. Sebastian. Yeah, yeah. let's pimp that out. What is it called? Agents, S- of, SJW? Agents of SJW. Yeah. All right. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. Listen to that. I am at Heath Lambert 78. The show is That's a Random Pod. Nope. That's so random. P2 on Twitter. The show has a email address. That's so random pod at gmail.com or whatever you want to say to me. Uh, artwork for the show by Mr. by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter. Also, the co-host of a show called Midwest Movie Maniacs. That is strictly horror movies. So if you're not sick of my voice yet, <laughs> you can find more of me there. We just did an episode on Wolf Creek 2, and we've got some other stuff coming down the pipeline we did an episode on the new texas Chainsaw massacre like the day after it came out that was supposed to be like fresh fresh takes but then for a number of reasons that's been delayed so our takes it's still not out yet so that those takes aren't so fresh anymore but it's coming and we got other Mm -hmm. stuff coming too so check that out as well i feel like we've given you a lot of things to go listen to everyone but i think that will do it for this week on behalf of myself and sebastian always a good time and we will always See you next week. It's always a fun podcast. Yes, sir. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.